Okay, Hebron, we are holding the last line of the first paragraph on Tzadik Hay. We were discussing, um, first of all, we were discussing the idea of how a person needs to be Ms. Bainan. And that is how you're able to get to a point of the Ahafta Esavayelokecha, because in order to turn on an emotion, you need to be meditating. You need to be thinking about it. And we spent about two classes discussing the idea of meditation um, and how important it is and how it is a way of uh, internalizing the ideas that we're learning and how it can't, you can't be without it, basically. Um, and then we discussed the idea, well, what are you supposed to meditate on? And then it said, Shema Yisrael Hashem Elokeinu Hashem Echad. And we said how Hashem did not change from the, before the creation to after the creation, that there is nothing else here. So then we said, uh, you know, how could that be? So we, we came up with our first answer. And we said, the reason is because the whole world is just a big sheker. It's a big lie. So then we said, wait a minute, that does not work. Because if the whole world is a big lie, so then what's Tyre Mitzvahs? What's the difference if you would do it or you wouldn't do it, right? And not only that, in Taira itself, we brought an example from the Mishnah in Sanhedrin that it talks about a person who is using achizas uh, enayim, as we call it, which is sort of like um, tricking the eyes of a person. And one person is using, so to speak, black magic, and one person is just playing around, and one person is going to be sentenced to death, and one person is going to be potter. So we see that there is something called Sheker, and there's something called Emes. Right? And so therefore, if you have in Torah itself the concept of Sheker and the concept of Emes, so by definition we know that you cannot say that the whole thing is a big Sheker. So we're stuck a little bit. We have to try to understand, uh, you know, what's going on over here. Right? And so we said, okay, let's go with an explanation. Let's start, we'll read inside. One, two, three, four lines from the bottom of the first paragraph. So let's explain this idea. Right, one of the medrishes, right, from Rabbi Eliezer, our Nivras, The earth, from where does it, was it created? Mishelig Shetachas Kiseyakabot. It was created from the snow, which is under the throne of glory. It's also written in the Medrash. The or, the light, where is it? It was created from. Again, he says, That we learn out that Hashem, so to speak, crowned himself with a talis, with a white talis. And therefore, it came out the light, basically, the ray of light from it. Okay. So this is, these are two medrashim that are l'chaira, a big problem for us. Why is it a big problem? Because, as the next words say, How could you say, from where is it being created, we have all spent a lot of time learning Hasidus, and we know that there is a basic concept in Hasidus that it talks about that the whole existence was created yesh me'ayin. If you look at these midrashim, 
even though it's hard to understand exactly what it's talking about, right? What does it mean that the world was created from the snow that is under the Kisei Kavod? Like, what does that Bechlal mean? Uh, what does it mean, snow? What does it mean, you know, under the Kisei Kavod? I, I don't understand what that means. But one thing we can understand what that means is the concept that there is a something. And so therefore, therefore, what we're talking about here is a creation of from something to something. In Hebrew, that's miyesh, liyesh, from miyesh to yesh, which is sort of the opposite of what we've been talking about all along in Hasidus, because all along in Hasidus, we talk about yesh mi'ayin. Here, based on these two medrashim, it seems to be saying that the world was created yesh mi'ayesh. So, we have a shtickle problem here. Okay, what is going on? Okay, now, as I told you already a couple of times in the earlier classes, this mimer is very special because it, it literally breaks up the levels at which we are looking at the world. In other words, I mean, I gave you an example way back when, right? I said, is this table solid or not? And everyone said, yes, this table, of course, is solid. If I hit my hand against it, it's going to stop. And I said, well, what is it made of? Well, it's made out of wood. Good. Does that mean it's only made out of wood? And the answer is obviously no. Because if I were to take a tremendous microscope, I would be able to see that really what's happening here are there are a bunch of atoms. So we say, oh, well, then they're made out of atoms. Well, is that really true? Well, yes and no. Because really, the atoms are also made out of something. They're made out of protons, neutrons, and electrons. Oh, okay, fine. So then, we're going to say that it's made up of proton, protons, neutrons, and electrons. Well, not exactly. Because really, that's made out of quarks. And at each level, we know that an atom, 99.9999999999% of it is what? Empty space. And in each proton, electron, and neutron, 99.9999999999 is empty space. And in each quark, every, is nine, okay. So the question is, what magnifying glass are we using? In this mimer, we are going to be discussing different levels of understanding the creation. This is one of the few mimerim <coughs> that we have that instead of starting off with the concept of yeshme ayin, we actually just start discussing the concept of yesh miyesh. Which indicates to us that there is a concept called, we can look at it from a gradual point of view. Now, when we talk about yesh miyayin, usually we talk about from atzilus to the worlds of Bri, Yitzir, and Asiya. However, over here, that's not what we're going to be discussing. The first paragraph is going to be discussing the concept of yesh, whether it's in the world of Bria, Yitzira, Asiya, and how it comes down and acts as a plat, acts as a makor, a source, for the physical things in this world. And even when we're going to look at just the concept of yesh to yesh, you're still going to have a similar question of where does Hashem fit into this whole thing and, and what, is, what is the actual nature of existence of the physical world. But it's going to be from a different perspective. Why? If we all remember back to when we learned Shari Yechud and Mechlal and Chassidus, 
one of the key components of yesh me'ayin is what? What is one of the, the main, main drives of the concept of yesh me'ayin? I'm putting you on, on the spot early in the morning. Are you guys with me? Are you guys here today? The idea of yesh me'ayin implies that Hashem is continually creating the world every single second. That's the basic, one of the basic concepts of, not the basic concept of yesh me'ayin. That Hashem is constantly involved in the world. Constantly in, involved in bringing it into existence. And if, right, remember the first chapter of Shari Yichurimuna, if you would stop for one instant, what would happen? It would be going back to Ayin Ve'efes as though it was never here in the first place. Right? Now we're talking about a different topic. We're talking about Yesh Miyesh. Now we're going to see in Perakhes, when we get to Perakhes, we're going to go back to our Yesh Miyayin discussion. And one of the main discussions in Yesh Miyayin is, look, if you're creating Yesh Miyesh, give me an example, okay, I have a block of silver, and I'm going to turn it into a Kiddush cup. Does the creator of the Kiddush cup have to constantly be around the Kiddush cup? Yes or no? No, clearly not. He made it. He puts it in the store. Someone buys it, brings it back to their house. The, the creator of the Kiddush cup is, uh, you know, on the other side of the world. He has nothing to do with it anymore. Why? Because he took an existing something and he changed the form of that something. And now he has a cup as opposed to a block. But the, he didn't create silver. He took the silver that is exi- existing and he changed the form from a block to a cup. And now we have a cup of silver. That's called yesh miyesh. By definition, yesh miyesh, you don't need to have a constant creation. Everyone's following what I'm saying? Are you with me? Yes? Okay. So now we're going to have this discussion and we're going to see, however, from this discussion, even from the point of view of yesh miyesh in this way, <coughs> we're going to say that it's not a true existence. And the reason where we're going to go with this is, is that it's based on a very specific, precarious set of circumstances which, are, which is making the yesh be. And if the circumstances would change even one iota, then the yesh would stop being. Even despite the fact that it's being created, so to speak, yesh mi yesh. Okay, let's, let's look at it inside. Let's go. Acha inyan hu, the point is as follows. Shekol davar shenivra lemata. Every single thing that was created down here below. Yesh lo shayrish v'makor lemayla. It has a source, a root, a source from which it's coming from above. This is what it means when it says in the Medrash, the earth, from where is it being created? From which level is it being drawn down? So he says, where is it being created from? From the shalik, from the snow that's under the kiseya kavod. And what about the light? 
the light is coming from the talus, right? Namely, the garment which is covering over, concealing over the light of Hashem. After it conceals. It's possible to be that the light down here. And also every creation down here. Yesh lo sharish Next page. Kamo. Now, here we go. Starting with the examples. Hashemish, the sun. For example, the sun. That's down here. Shemei ir lamata. That is shining down here below. You can look on with one of the other guys. You also don't have the copy? Makara. No, no. You ripped it off? Kamo Hashemesh. Okay, Avram, I'll give you the job today. Please go to the back office and make more copies. Okay? Kamo Hashemesh Shemeir Lamata. Just like the Shemesh that's shining down here in this world. Shayrasha Vimakairo. Its root, its source. Who Bechina Shemesh Havaya. It's called Shemesh Havaya. Vahagam, and even though She'eno Be'erech Lal HaShemesh Lagabe Bechina Shemesh Havaya, even though if we were to compare the Shemesh down here, the actual physical globe of the sun, to what we're calling Shemesh Havaya, you would say it's Be'en Aruch. You can't compare them. One is a completely spiritual entity, and one is a completely physical entity, Kaviyacho, I don't know if you want to call the sun physical, but we'll call it physical for this uh, conversation. However, through tens of thousands of tens of thousands of chain-like descents down, madregas of levels, nimshach v'nishavu mebechina shemesh avaya shemesh that through this continual descent, of one level after another level after another level after another level, you're able to get to what? You're able to get to Shemesh, the sun, the way it is down here. That's the way it is. That means that everything has a source above. And from that source above, it's coming down here below. However, in order to get from the source above to the place of the object below, it needs to go through vast, massive, massive changes. The level of spiritual energy has to be completely reduced to such an extent. Let's go further. Not only that, but also let's talk about a physical animal down here. The lion down here. Where is its root? Its root is from the face of the, of the lion that's in the chariot above. Again, same question. Hagam, even though even though you can't compare a lion that's walking around in Africa to the face of the lion that's in the Merkava that's carrying, right? That the Arye down here is an impure animal that rips and destroys its uh, you know, it's prey, let's say, right? It's a, it's a, it's a behema. It's an animal. It's a, it's a, it's a vildechaya, as they would say. Mamish. 
Upine Aryeh should be Merkava. On the other hand, the face of the Aryeh that's in the Merkava. Oimid va Oimir Shira, it's standing and it's saying songs. Vachayus Noisos is a kise, like it says, the, the animals that are upstairs are carrying the kise akavod. So its whole mitzvah is just praising Hashem. That's all it's about. So how can you say that from the chariot you get down here to a lion, a physical lion in this world? Nevertheless, this is the root, this is the source. And and through these tens of thousands of tens of thousands of Ishtalshus levels, until finally we're able to bring into existence this Aryeh down here. <coughs> That's the way it is. And not just with the Aryehs, not just with the Chayas, right? Also Behema. What's the difference between a Behema and a Chaya? A Chaya is a non-domesticated animal. A behema is a domesticated animal. Behema is like what you find in a farm. A sheep, a goat, a cow, right? Something like that. Also the behemas. Shayrasha mipne shor shabemerkava. So they're from the shore. So what do we have here now? We started off with the concept of bringing into existence matter. Where's the matter coming from? From this thing called the shelig that's under the kisei akavod. We went to the concept of ore. Where's the ore coming from? The talus, whatever that means. Then we have the sun, right, up in one of the celestial planets, right, that's coming from this thing called Shemesh Havaya. Let's go to the animal world. The animal world, the Chayas are coming from the Pnei Arya. The Behemas are coming from the Pnei Shore. What's after the animal world? The vegetable world. Let's go to the next level. How is this, how is this, how is this Miyesh Liyesh? Sounds like yesh. It's it's a something. There's something. There's a makor. The whole idea of yesh me'ayin is that there's no makor. But it says in other memoriam that all of these things that we're describing, the merkava and the panim, is all different elements of atzimus. They're not made no, atzimus, that's not true. Of, of, Where? Show me. It, it says different elements of like like the palaces, right? It's different, different. It's not something physical. It's, it's now you're saying something different. It's not atzmus. It's a spiritual thing. It's a spiritual. It's definitely a spiritual thing for sure. But, it's an element of the but 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 the idea it's a it's a something. But it's an element of Hashem, and Hashem isn't included in the Bria, right? It's not, Hashem isn't. Hold on, you're using words that are all over the place here. It's it's an element of Hashem. What does that mean? It means that the I, I've seen other memorim that it's, it's talking about like the different I read a mimer that all the different faces are elements of of like. Um, different qualities of like I'm not sure it's a exactly something it's a something that's the point once you're dealing with a something it's a something okay it's a spiritual something mm-hmm. right here is a physical something what we're saying is that that spiritual something is a makor for the physical something mm-hmm. even though we're saying on the one hand it's a makor but on the other hand it's bein aroch you can't compare and there had to be tens of thousands of tens of thousands of of limitations on the let's call it spiritual energy in order to get from that to a physical lion that's walking around on the ground over here but that's the source right that's what we're that's what we're holding right now we're building the discussion though let's go further now he says let's talk about another level what about 
Vezehu kamay merazal, and this is also what the rabbis teach us. Ein lecha esiv, lemata, that you do not have a blade of grass down here below. She'ein lo mazel, that doesn't have a spiritual being called a mazel. Right? Mazel also means to drip, right? Milamaila, which is above. Hamakebo, which is hitting it, va'imir lo gadol, and telling it to grow. Right? So once again, Hagam, even though, same word, same pattern. There is no comparison, the blade of grass, the gabe hamazel, as compared to the mazel. Let's talk about an apple. So we know that an apple, sometimes you have an apple that is sweet, like a red apple. And sometimes you have an apple that is sour, like a green apple. Where does that come from? Are we going to say that in the apple itself, I mean in the mazel from which it comes, you have a sweetness or a sourness? You can't say that. So what are we saying? The sweetness is coming from the level of chesed. Right? Then you have the bitterness or the sourness. This is coming from what? From Gvura. So what are we saying here? We're saying that everything down here is being influenced from above. We have the same concept. You could describe something as being sweet. Okay, so what's sweet? So you could say a, a, a teaspoon of sugar is sweet. And everyone would agree with you. Can you say that a nigun is sweet? Yeah, you could say that too. It's a different type of sweet. It's not going, you're not going to taste it. You're not going to get cavities from it, right? But it's a different. What about this person? This person's a really sweet person. So we're describing, we're describing a concept. And the concept is very different the way it manifests in different places. When it manifests in a tablespoon of sugar, it's a certain aspect. When you hear it in a nigun, it's a different aspect. When you see it on the way a person acts, it's yet indifferent. But it's all the same concept. Let's talk about or. What is really or? What's the concept of or? The concept of or is being able to see. Being able to see, have clarity. So can't we say that intellect is also or? Intellect is or. When you have a concept that you understand, you feel like you could see it. You could feel like you have or. You feel like you have light. What about darkness? Let's say that this whole room was completely dark. Imagine that it was totally sealed, no light, whatever. And a person was trying to walk around in here. They bang into all these different things. Why are they banging into things? Because they can't see it. But if you add a little bit of ore, what's going to happen? All of a sudden, they don't have to learn something deep. They just have to see that there's a chair in front of them, and they're going to walk around the chair. So the ore is like, a, is like an opening up of a channel of understanding of something that's going on. Similar, when you see a piece of cake, and you have this unbelievable desire to down that piece of cake, 
And all of a sudden, someone says, by the way, don't eat the cake because someone put poison in it. What happened? All of a sudden, now you have no interest in the cake. Did anything happen to the cake? No, nothing happened to the cake at all. The cake is the exact same cake as it was before. It's just that now you have a piece of information about this cake that is like, well, I'm not going anywhere near that cake. But in terms of the cake, when you photograph it before and you photograph it after, it looks exactly the same. Nothing happened to the cake. It's just in your mind, all of a sudden, you're perceiving the cake differently. Why? Because you had some intellect. What was the intellect? This is poison. Before I thought it was delicious. Now I think it's poison. So therefore, I'm going to stay away from the cake. And then someone comes along and says, oh, I was just joking. That was a big joke. Ha, ha, ha. It was very funny. Now, you could choose that. You're not sure if you want to listen to him or not. So now, it's, it's, again, it's muddled. It's not so clear. It's not so light. But again, it's or. So is it or or is it intellect? What level are we looking at it at? Well, isn't that clarity? Yes, there's clarity and there's a lack of clarity. So once again, we're seeing. So what we're trying to bring out here is that there are concepts that as you move up a ladder, so to speak, and become a little bit less uh, connected to the materialistic aspect of it, you could have the same concept from a different point of view. So now let's talk about spirituality. What we're saying here is that there is a concept called the physical entity. Where is this physical entity coming from? So the Rebbe is explaining that in Taira, you have a concept called a source for this physical thing. And even though we're going to get back to this in Parakhes, the concept of Yesh Me'ayin, which is one of the main Yisaitis, one of the main foundations of you know, Hasidic concepts of philosophy, right now we're not focusing on that. Right now what we're focusing on is that even within our Yesh Me'yesh situation, right? in other words, the gradual uh, making of the world, what we're going to see here is that it's not an emistika existence. Why? Because where we're going with this is, is that each one of these particular makors, sources, for the physical thing is based on a very specific set of rules and limitations. So for example, let's look at this light bulb for a second. This light bulb shines for one specific reason. We were able to make a light bulb that has certain characteristics to it and a very specific set of metal and wires and whatever it happens to be that it's made up of. And we're able to plug it into a lamp. And the lamp has a wire that's running through it. And that wire is made very specifically to be able to be plugged into the wall. And there's a certain amount of electricity in this wall. That electricity is limited by the uh, electric box or whatever it's called. You know, the main, what is it called? This The main breaker. box? What is it called? Breaker. breaker. Breaker box? Breaker box? Is that what it's called? Whatever it is, right? That we have in the building. And that breaker box is based on 
the amount of energy that's coming in from the wire outside. And the wire outside is coming from the, like the plant, let's say the electric plant that's for the town of Morristown. And that Morristown plant is based on the counties, and then it goes back all the way back to the nuclear power plant or wherever it is that's making this power, right? Now, let's say that all of a sudden, instead of, let's say, in the nuclear power plant, there's a million gallons of energy. You don't measure it by gallons, but I'm just using it in a facetious way, right? And when it gets down to my light bulb, it only requires one gallon of energy, right? Now, let's say that instead of it going through this whole step-by-step process, right, where it went from a million to 100,000, 100,000 to 50,000, 50,000 to 10,000, 10,000 to 5,000, 5,000 to 1,000, 1,000 to 100, 100 to 50, 50 to, all the way to one. Let's say instead of there being one gallon of energy coming through this wire, it was all of a sudden 1.5 gallons of energy. Not talking about moving it up to a million. We're just talking about 1.5. Boom. What about if it was even 1.1? It would still go boom. Because everything is very specific. And if you change it by a little bit, it's going to make the whole system cease to exist. Until what happens to the light bulb? It's probably going to shatter. Potentially. Let's just use that. So that's what we're going to get into this conversation here. That in the same way that we're going from the nuclear power plant into my light bulb that's shining here, is the same way that we're starting with the makor in the spiritual worlds, and we're going all the way down into the table that's in front of me, or the lion that's walking around in Africa. So since it's based on a very, very strict set of circumstances, and if those circumstances would change even one iota, can you really say that the lion that's walking around in, a- in Africa is a true existence? That's the concept that he's bringing out here. And where he's going to go with this is we're going to say, we're going to have to say no. Because it's, it's not based on itself. It's based on all these other circumstances ha- that have to happen in order for it to be here. Now, that's this paragraph. So here we're looking at it from this paragraph. We're going to be looking at it from this perspective. Is this a true existence from a yesh miyesh point of view? But when we get to the next paragraph, we're going to take that whole thing and we're going to go, forget about this whole story. Let's go back to yesh miyesh. And then we're going to go deeper and deeper. And then finally, we're going to get in paragraph tests, we're going to get to, wait a minute, is there even anything else here? Or is it just yehudi Allah? Okay, so we're going to go... So basically where we're going from this is yesh miyesh, true existence, yehudi tata, true existence, yehudi la, true existence. And that's where we're going, okay? And that's why I said to you from the beginning, uh, in the first class, right, this is why this is such an incredible mimer to use for meditation because it literally goes step by step like most maimarim do not have it as delineated as this like you literally have a paragraph okay the end of paragraph okay now go to the next level paragraph okay next level next you know like next paragraph so that's why it's very clear okay so let's stop here for today amir Hashem, avram will remind me